On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, special guest Russell Shepard, who is Michelin's technical communications director, joins me to talk about how EVs are changing the tire world, the evolution of tire technology brought on by the likes of Tesla and others in the EV space, and more. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Ride the Lightning. It is your weekly Tesla unofficial podcast. This is a palindromatic episode 434 for November 26th, 2023. And so that means happy Thanksgiving to all of my American listeners. As uh, this is being heard by you, you've already had your Thanksgiving. I hope it was a good one. Hope it was a safe one. Hope you enjoyed time with friends, family, however you spent it. I am currently recording this well ahead of Thanksgiving. I am surrounded by a snoozing Daisy the Boxer on my left and a snoozing Zelina the Future Service Dog. Oh, not in this room. She's probably snoozing somewhere else. Anyway, I hope all of you are doing well. Uh, As I said, I am recording this ahead of time because as you hear this, I am away with my in-laws, my extended family for Thanksgiving this week. So, in place of me not being here, as always, I've got a brand new podcast for you. In this case, I've just recorded it ahead of time. So, not the usual format this week, not your usual news and analysis, but instead, I hope you will enjoy what I do have prepared for you, which I'll tell you a little bit more about in a moment. But, a huge reminder, not that you need it, next week... I will have a full recap and analysis of the moment that we've all been waiting for, the Cybertruck delivery event, complete with highlights from Elon's stage presentation. You guys know I'm going to do it up. I always go as hard as I can uh, on these big events like this. We've been waiting for this for, well, for four years since it was unveiled four years ago. It's going to be a huge episode. You are not going to want to miss it. I'm hoping that I'm going to be there uh, to report from the ground, you know, boots on the ground, reporter, man on the street kind of thing. But as of me recording this, I'm not sure yet if I'll have an invitation. So that remains to be seen. I guess you'll find out when you listen to next week's show. But fingers crossed, toes crossed, anything else, fingers and toes all crossed that I'm able to get my way in there. And even if I don't, I hope some of you do. I hope those two things are not mutually exclusive. I hope... As many of you are able to get invited and attend that Cybertruck delivery event as possible. But I do certainly hope that I am able to be there, not only as a Cybertruck reservation holder, but to be able to convey the experience to you for everybody that's not able to make it. Anyway, uh, that is next week. For now, I hope you will listen, enjoy, and my hope is, like me, even learn something from my guest this week. His name is Russell Shepard and he is the technical communications director at Michelin. Now, I realize that tires, the the topic of tires, might not sound like the most sexy or interesting topic, but I promise you it's worth a listen. I had written up a bunch of questions for Russell, and I thought, you know what, this will probably be a 20, 30-minute interview, like, because I kind of had the same thought, like, you know, how much am I really going to be talking to him about tires and tire technology? Well, 
The interview ended up being 50 minutes long, and I hope you'll find it was 50 minutes well spent and, and no time wasted. I had a great conversation with him, so I will get to that. But first, just a bit of housekeeping, a friendly reminder that this week's Ride the Lightning is brought to you in part by my old friends at Accelerate Auto. Dot com who offer the excellent X-Care extended warranty coverage for your Tesla. I've been mentioning this for a while now. I am definitely a believer. I've, I have a policy myself, my three-year, 40,000 additional mile policy, and I've used it twice so far. Fortunately, just two little things. I mean, I'm not rooting for anybody to, to have to take full advantage of their extended warranty, uh, nor do I want anybody to have to pay out of pocket for if they don't have an extended warranty. The, the point of Tesla's is in part to help have a lot less maintenance than a traditional gas car. But yeah, I've had two little issues so far, and both times I've submitted my claim very easily and been reimbursed quickly and painlessly. So Xcare does everything that Tesla's own extended warranty policy does, but it's just way more flexible. They not only offer many more years of coverage and many more miles of coverage than Tesla's fixed two-year, 25,000-mile extended warranty option does, but you can purchase the X-Care plan anytime. It doesn't have to be before your factory warranty expires. And they also optionally offer battery and drivetrain coverage as part of the X-Care plan. And that could be huge peace of mind since that is the most expensive component of the car. So if you choose to add that to your policy, that will be covered as well. That means anything major that should happen to your car. And again, we don't, we're not rooting for that, but if it happens, you will be covered by Xcare. So a reminder that I've got a $100 off discount code for you. And that discount code is simply lightning. So to purchase a policy and use that $100 off lightning discount code, just go to their website. It's accelerateauto.com slash xcare, which is x-c-e-l-e-r-a-t-e-a-u-t-o.com slash x-c-a-r-e. And again, that discount code lightning for $100 off your purchase. All right. A quick word from Tesla chief designer Franz von Holzhausen, and then we'll dive into the interview with Russell. Enjoy. Hi, this is Franz von Holzhausen, and you're listening to Ride the Lightning with Ryan McCaffrey, the Tesla unofficial podcast. I am very pleased to be joined this week by Russell Shepard. He is Michelin's technical communications director. I've had the pleasure of meeting Russell a couple different times now, a couple different Tesla events. And, you know, if you're listening to this going, well, wait a second, tires, what? There's, there's a lot to learn. I've already learned a lot just in the short time I've owned my Tesla, and especially uh, just since talking to, to Russell and his partner in crime, Carl, at these events. So first of all, Russell, welcome. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. My two favorite topics are tires and electric vehicles. Oh, that's the music to my ears. I love the sound of that. Well, I, I want to dig into you a little bit first before we just start kind of talking more generally about, about Teslas and tires. So how did you get into the tire world? I'm curious. <laughs> that's a really good question. I actually, um, I'm a mechanical engineer by training. I've got a master's degree in mechanical engineering and started out working for a major vehicle manufacturer. Yeah. And um, one day had an opportunity 
to work for a tire manufacturer in France. And that's actually uh, the start of a, a really wonderful thing. I, I went to graduate school in mechanical engineering because I love composites. Yeah. And it was a really cool thing to find out that a tire is this very fascinating, very complicated composite material thing. So it was, it was a love affair at first sight when I started to learn more about designing tires and tire mechanics and all of the different ways that we can innovate with tires. It's, it's, it started a, a career that's, that's going on 25 years. Wow. So what was the original dream with, with your background? Like what, what was the original goal? So with my background as a kid, I always enjoyed airplanes and cars, of course. Yeah. So I've always had a fascination with the automotive industry. What I appreciate about working at Michelin, because I started off with one vehicle manufacturer, is the breadth of vehicle manufacturers and types of vehicles that I have the opportunity to work with. And I des- I've, d- I've had years years of experience designing tires and managing teams that design tires. I've had the opportunity to, to, be, to drive some of the fastest vehicles in the world on test tracks in Europe and the United States. And it's really a dream career for me. So I, I, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And now I talk about all those great things and, and why they matter. So my, my job now is to wrap my passion for vehicles and my passion for tires and help people understand the opportunities that the two have together. That does sound like a dream, especially the driving cars very quickly part to, to you know, you got to go out and test your product, right? You got to test it out. I'll tell you a story. I designed a tire, it was a prototype tire, and we're on a test track. It's a closed test track, uh, uh, an old Formula One test track that we used for, for testing. And it was a prototype tire. And in these conditions, we have professional drivers, right? Yeah. I, I like to drive. I enjoy driving, but I'm not, not a professional driver. And so we had a professional driver. He's, of course, driving. I'm in the passenger car seat. And I looked at him, and there's this big turn coming up. And I say to him, I hope you know what you're doing. And he looks at me, and he says, I hope you know what you're doing, too, because here we go. (laughs) Uh, And clearly, we both knew what we were doing because we're having this conversation. But it's been a pretty cool ride, literally and figuratively. Oh, that's so great. I mean, there there's a lot of science and engineering involved in all in, in, in the tire world that I think none of us, myself very much included, don't think a lot about. Like it's how far, just even in the last, let's say 10 or 20 years, how far has tire material science and engineering come? That's a great question. And it it somewhat leads into the larger topic that we're here for today. Vehicles have changed quite a bit. They are now heavier they have more torque and they're faster. And tires have, of course, adapted to that. The things that have, have been really exciting is we keep finding new ways to break compromises. So there's some classic compromises in tires. That is wet traction, yeah, wear, winter traction, and rolling resistance. And what we continue to do is make tires that last longer, so now we have 80,000 mile tires and the tires actually last longer than typically longer than 80,000 miles. So that's been something that's come along the last few years. 
we have tires that are all weather tires. So they work three peak mountain snowflakes. So they're good in the winter, Mm -hmm. but they're fantastic and wet. I live in South Carolina. Uh, We have a Michelin cross climate too. That's what it is. And I put that on my vehicle because of the wet traction. So this whole compromise between wet and snow uh, and and winter, we've, we've broken that compromise again and again and again. And, it's, it's always amazing to see what we can do and then what vehicle manufacturers do with our abilities to make cars more and more exciting. And now here comes Tesla to, to throw you know, some new challenges at you by, by accelerating the advent of, of EV adoption, which we'll, we'll talk a lot more about here in a minute. Yeah. So I'm curious, what's, if I may uh, ask a, a maybe somewhat personal question, what are you driving, Russell? What's, what's, uh, what's in your driveway right now? So I, uh, I have a Lexus, uh, a Lexus, and then I have an Acura MDX. Beautiful. Those are the two vehicles. I have a kind of a balance of luxury, um, a little bit of performance. The, the Acura MDX is because I have a family. So yep. it's that great balance of performance, and you can put all the kids and the stuff in there. So those are two vehicles in my driveway. So what... Where, where are you personally with EVs in terms? Obviously, you, you are dealing with them uh, more and more every day at work. But are you a Tesla fan? Are you interested in EVs in general? Well, my my next purchase will be an EV. I I usually buy a vehicle and I keep it for quite a long time, which is where yeah. I am. But my next te- purchase will be an EV. And uh, I've driven quite a few electric vehicles, including Tesla, and I'm convinced I'm a fan. I'm a fanatic for them. Yes. Yeah. The, the cars kind of sell themselves, don't they? Did, did, let me guess. Did you get a did you get a, a zero to 60 launch in really any Tesla? And that kind of instantly got your brain going. So that's part of it. I, I <laughs> say to people, if, if you don't do that at least once, you should check your pulse. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a thrill. And I've done that kind of performance in very, very high-end exotic vehicles before. Yeah. But still, it never gets old, right? So that nope. punch is incredible. I, I love the handling. You know, you've got that lower center of gravity yes. in a Tesla, and it gives you that nice handling feel. And that's what I, I appreciate about these vehicles is they are inherently sportier. And then the the, the features that are in them and around them give you this feeling of, of technology, of user interface that's very thoughtful, and it's a, just a fantastic experience. Well, uh, I, I, I'm not blessed to have a, a Model S Plaid, but my Model 3 performance that I've had for five years, to your exact point, it, the acceleration never gets old. And uh, if the next time you're in San Francisco, please drop me a line and I'll, I'll take you out for a few a few roller coaster like shots from zero to sixty in in, in my car because it is it really is a treat. I, I will do that, and, and I have done it in a few other vehicles. <laughs> and you get that almost that tunnel vision f- yeah. from the acceleration. That's a thrill. In a vehicle now, that's accessible, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, I was talking about this on on my podcast recently. I, I've joked before, although it's it's also totally true that nobody's paid more for a model three performance than I did. Cause I got it back when it first came out, <laughs> yeah. it was $80,000 before any taxes. And now that same car. Yeah, I know there's inflation and whatnot, but 
that same car now is is fifty three thousand uh, dollars. Well, base price, you know, mine is eighty with all the options. But there's just it's they've come way down, ma- making them, as you yeah. said, a lot more like, accessible, which is so, that so accelerating. Nice. I, I tell you, it, it's funny when I um, we have several Teslas at Michelin, and I've had the the opportunity to borrow them and drive them. I think one of the times when we met in Florida, I yeah. we drove from uh, to Florida in that. And you drive one for a while, and then you you you, you get into an internal combustion engine, a standard engine, and you wonder why it doesn't go when you put it in drive. <laughs> I yep. look at my car stupidly, like, why do I need to push the button and tell you to go? <laughs> right. So, yeah, that is that is not a unique experience that you had. That's uh, yeah. that's uh, many of us have, have been through that same thing. Now, yeah, you mentioned when when we first met at the uh, Tesla Con in Florida, and you've been at multiple Tesla events now. So I'm I'm kind of curious what you know since you're not yet a Tesla owner yourself, but you work, you know, you, as you mentioned, you've got a, a little kind of mini fleet of them uh, that you that you work with uh, at Michelin. So what's what's your impression of the Tesla community and uh, thus far and kind of seeing us up close in our element at these Tesla events. Oh, I love it. Um, I really enjoy, I'm an automotive enthusiast and the Tesla community, they are clearly automotive enthusiasts and they are people who are very much ahead of the curve uh, in terms of technology and trying things out. And so that's just been a great experience for me. And what I appreciate being among the, the the Tesla community is the exchanges they have about what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. And for myself, as, as part of Michelin, that feedback about what's appreciated, what's not appreciated, and helping to understand what what Tesla consumers and electric vehicle consumers are going through, I love it. So I really appreciate it. It's, it's, a, it's a really special community. And I, I appreciate every chance I get to be a part of it. Now, yeah, you you and I kind of hit it off courtesy all because of your generosity with your time. I was at the time that 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 we met up in Florida, I was getting real close to needing new tires for my mm-hmm. aforementioned Model 3 performance. And yes. and you had just given you and Carl had just given a presentation about uh, well, about a number of things. But one of them was that you've got at the, a fairly new tire uh, a new Michelin Pilot, uh, I believe it's the. If, if I don't know if it's 4S or if it's just Michelin Pilot Sport EV, but it was a you know a new variant mm-hmm. of that tire. And and you know you and I talked and you you asked me you know you're kind of like well what do you you know what are you doing with the car blah 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 and you ended up steering me right back towards the OEM tire that that came on my Model Three Performance, which is the Michelin Pilot 4S with of course the the acoustic foam dampening inside that, that comes on all of your t- tires that go on Tesla's. And I just super appreciated that from you. And, uh, and so, you know, I kind of wanted to ask you to, to try and start teaching us all here as we, as we listen to what it's like to work at Michelin and, and your sort of story as a car guy, but you know, we all know there are cheap tires and there are expensive tires Kind of generally speaking, before I get into some specific questions that I've got for you, what tends to be the difference between a cheap tire and an expensive tire? So I don't have a lot of experience with cheap tires. I can tell you about what makes a difference in a Michelin tire. How about that? Please, let's do that. Um, What we 
are somewhat obsessed with at Michelin is providing a balance of performance that is tailored to the consumer need. And that's a little bit tricky, but that therein lies the fun part because that balance of performance depends on a couple different things. One, the vehicle. And two, who you are as a consumer. So when you and I met, I knew what vehicle you had, yeah. but it was a bit of a conversation about what you liked and who you are as a consumer. And we invest quite a bit of research, money and time in research to continue to make the best tire. Our goal is to make the perfect tire. Um, it'll never happen, but that doesn't stop <laughs> us from trying, right? Yeah. And so if you really, really love the performance of your vehicle, you, you bought this new vehicle and you really love it, then we recommend, of course, going back to that Michelin originally equipped tire. But in talking to some of the, uh, the people at the Tesla convention, some people were a little bit more interested in getting more out of their wear life, how long yeah. the tire lasts. And we have products for that. And it, we have specific technologies that we push towards that. And um, it, it, it's, it's finding that balance that is really important. And we have a portfolio of tires that are based off efficiency. And so for efficiency, many of those tires come, come OE. Those are tires that are typically have the lowest rolling resistance. And we can talk later about why that matters for electric vehicle consumers in general. Yeah. I do have a question about that coming up. So, yes, put that in our back pocket. We'll come back to that. (laughs) Deal. And we have tires that are more sporty for higher performance and tires that will last longer or work across different domains. So we have several different products, and it's just trying to figure out between the vehicle and the consumer what's best for them and then working to make that happen. I mean, in my humble opinion, at least, and I I mean, I I think it's – I think it's fair for me to to say this as a as more of a blanket statement. Michelin tires have a pretty good reputation, particularly in the enthusiast car space. So, you know, I, maybe maybe you did kind of just answer this, but like, how do you think in your in your twenty five year career, how how do you feel like Michelin earned that reputation and got to that point? So, it's not it hasn't been easy, but it's it's been worth the ride. We have a history from motorsports to to high performance vehicles of working with OEMs to develop tires that are specific for their needs. And we particularly enjoy doing it for high performance vehicles because those are the biggest technical challenges. We're a bunch of engineers. And so vehicles with with high speeds, a great deal of torque. we love that. And then providing that in a way that that consumers that 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 lasts for, for year after year, that's what we enjoy doing. And we have design rules specific to how we design the belts and attire, and we know how to tune that. We have all different types of material compounds in the tread. And then there are things that we do in how we design the tread to really fit that. So that's historically how we've We've come to do that. It's, it, a lot of it is learning in motorsports and then translating it with with uh, OEMs, with tire vehicle manufacturers to try to make that perfect tire for the vehicle that they want to produce. Are there common mistakes that people make when buying tires? 
would you say? I would say the, the, the trick in buying tires for any consumer is thinking about what it is that you're looking for and what it is you appreciate and understanding the performances that you're getting over a certain amount of time. And so some things to think about is, and you sometimes have to do research and there's some sites that do a good job is what kind of wet traction are you getting? Yeah. Right. And even in in winter, what kind of winter traction are you getting? And, And don't forget, some people say they have all wheel drive and that helps you go faster. But it is a tire that stops you. Mm-hmm. So paying attention to that. And then for electric vehicles, and we can talk about this a little bit better, understanding yeah. the impact of your tire choice on the range. Yeah, you uh, <laughs> I, I threw a, you know, speaking of wet traction, what, one of the things I asked you about in Florida was uh, I this this little pipe dream that's that's waiting in the distance uh, is the next generation Tesla Roadster, which Tesla unveiled their prototype of six years ago now. We're we're coming up on the six-year anniversary. And that car, at least the prototype, had Michelin Sport Cup 2s on it. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, when I asked you about that tire, like, yeah, you know, if, if, if Tesla ends up shipping the final car with that tire on it, I, I think I said to you, oh, I've heard that, you know, they're they're pretty you, you should you almost shouldn't drive it in the rain. Like so that is that is that sort of the is that sort of the general trade-off is the higher you go in performance in terms of grip and stickiness, the 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 sort of more specialized it gets and like there are always trade-offs, right, with any tire? So there's a difference that's a good question. There are high performance tires and their track tires which are a subset. Yeah. So typically high-performance tires are designed for excellent grip and dry and wet. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're going on a track, then it's – what you're looking for is the ability to maintain the, the tread and the traction when you're cornering. And when you corner, the tire gets hotter in the corner – and you and you you get a change in your contact patch. And in those cases, what you tend to do is have a tire that's designed more for for track conditions and less for wet. If you think about it in racing, the perfect race tire is slick. Yeah. Okay. And we have compounds that can do well on a damp track, even in racing. However, when water starts to accumulate on the road, you want features in your tread that can actually move the water away so that you can get good traction. Yeah. And so if you've got this 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 tire that's designed for, for some track performance, which is what the cups and the cup two R's are, are designed for, then we're going to go more for the track performance and that ultimate traction and less for everyday driving, especially when it's raining. So that's that's kind of the, the sense of the conversation there. Makes sense. If you want that kind of everything, we've got a Pilot Sport All Season 4, which does excellent. We've actually, there are some supercars that that feature that tire, um, and it's got both traction in snow and rain. Yeah, I've seen a lot of uh, Teslas around that people have gone to that as the 
you know, when they've needed to to replace their tires on their Tesla. It seems like kind of the, as you said, it's kind of the best of all worlds in a lot of ways. And another benefit is it's got a, it's a 45,000 mile warranty. So it tends to last longer as well in terms of wear. Yeah, I, uh, my last set, uh, I, I was telling you, I, I got, I cleared 30, I think I did 32,000 and I probably could have even gotten a couple more thousand out of them, which, you know, that's still, that's another trade-off though, right? When you do have the performance tire, the longevity is not, not going to be there, comparatively speaking. It's one of those questions of what are you willing to, what's more important? And for the performance tire, we were talking about earlier about the thrill yeah. of hitting the gas and getting that ultimate acceleration. And the better your tire is, the more that thrill you have. And so if you 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 buy a vehicle for that thrill, that's probably one of your more, you don't want to lose out on that. And so- right you might be willing to give away a little bit of wear life for that. So EVs specifically have now introduced some, well, if not new variables, newly variables that we're now more aware of, uh, sort of speaking specifically to the, to acoustics, to tire noise. And then certainly a new variable, which you alluded to earlier, you mentioned earlier weight. So, you know, with, with this lack of engine noise to cover up, the tire noise that's always been there, but that, that, exactly. that engine noise used to cover up. So how are things like the acoustic sound dampening foam and the, you know, designing against the, the added weight of these vehicles, like how are those sort of EV specific challenges with tires evolving and improving just over these last, you know, four or five years or so as you've seen it? I like the way you put that EV specific challenges. So they're really, they're three. Those are where, and I can talk about why. Yeah. Noise and rolling resistance. So let's talk about where electric vehicles tend to be about 10 to 20% heavier than a normal internal combustion engine. Mm-hmm. Let's say about 10% heavier. And, and that's for the same size tire, okay? Right. And what that means is a couple of things. One is all things equal. If a tire, a vehicle is about 10% heavier, the tire is going to wear faster, maybe sure. about 20% faster. Um, and that's because you're just more stress is put on the tire in the contact patch area. A little known fact, it's not actually the tire that supports the load, it's the air. And so there are two ways you can deal with a heavier vehicle. One is you can put on a larger tire. The other is you can increase the air pressure. And what we're seeing in many electric vehicles is the air pressure is being increased. Um, And so that has an impact on noise, which I'll talk about later. Yeah. But certainly uh, the fact that electric vehicles are heavier, the tires tend to wear faster. They also have more torque, but they there are a lot of high-performance vehicles, internal combustion engines and electric vehicles that have more torque. So that we know how to deal with. The new component for electric vehicles is actually regenerative braking. And that in normal driving of an electric vehicle, depending on the settings, but typical standard settings, is when you take your foot off of the accelerator. Notice we no longer say gas pedal. (laughs) That's right. Um, you immediately go into regenerative braking instead of torquing, and that adds a little bit of a wear component. So between the regenerative braking, 
I mean, you, you, instead of coasting, pardon, yeah. and the additional load, tires tend to wear faster. Michelin, we understand that, and that's why our generation after generation, all our, our subsequent generations of vehicle of tires have additional wear. We keep the same wear warranty, but we add additional wear in our tires to make them ready for electric vehicles. Makes sense. Now let's move to noise. Yeah. Okay, because like you said, it's it's kind of obvious. You take the internal combustion engine, you remove it, and a transmission and the exhaust pipe, mm-hmm. and really what you're left li- left with mainly is road noise. And so it's quieter. The, the 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 ride is quieter, and you hear the road noise more coming from the tires. Also, when you increase the air pressure, you increase a particular t- type of noise, which is called cavity noise. So cavity noise is this kind of ping, ping, ping sound. If you think about inflating a basketball, you get this ringing ping sound. Yeah. That you can kind of hear in tires, particularly when they're highly inflated and there's no other noise around. And on certain road conditions, like concrete joints, you'll hear that more. Or if you go across a bridge. For that, we have what's called acoustic foam. And it is a type of technology that is inside the tire. It's a foam. If you touch it, you go, yes, that's a foam. And it actually dampens and reduces significantly that particular type of acoustic foam noise, uh, cavity noise. The other thing we do at Michelin is reduce the tread pattern noise. So what that is, is every time a, a tread rolls, it makes a little bit of noise. That's not a big surprise. Sure. The, the trick is we put three different tread block sizes on the tire. And we do that and we use a computer program to optimize the arrangement of those different sizes so that we tune the noise to be the lowest. We call it piano tuning. <laughs> the example is I could play a note three times. And it would be annoying if I played the same note. But if I mixed it different ways, I get chords and it's actually not less objectionable. So we actually, with a computer program, tune how we design the tread blocks to reduce the noise. So there's the acoustic foam, which gets rid of that cavity noise. And then there's the way we we use a technology called piano tuning that reduces the tread pattern noise. So those are the two things that are that you have to think about a little bit more when you electric vehicles. The last one is rolling resistance. Yeah. That was what I wanted to ask you about next. Cause I've seen, I've seen a, a lot of model threes uh, that have the Michelin primacy MXM four tire on them that has a little note on it that says low rolling resistance. And I've, and I've heard that term with, with uh, re- as it pertains to EV specific tires. And I confess even doing this podcast for as long as I have, I don't really know, like I know generally it, what it's doing. It's it's trying to basically allow the tire to roll more easily and thus more efficiently, mm-hmm. but I don't understand how it works. So with you here, I would love to learn something about that. Sure. So let me break that down. If you take a vehicle and you, you're going at a constant speed, the need to put energy, whether it's from the battery or gas, into the into the vehicle to keep it at a constant speed or do the two things, the aerodynamics of the vehicle and the rolling resistance of the tire. What happens is every time a tire rolls, it deforms. As it goes into the contact patch and comes out, it deforms. And that deformation 
causes an energy loss. And that's called rolling resistance. Okay. So it, it's, it is the resistance of the tire to roll because of energy loss. What's interesting about electric vehicle, uh, well, let's go to standard internal combustion engines, right? Yeah. About 75% of the energy generated by an internal combustion engine is lost before it ever hits the road. Wow. And because of the moving components of the engine and the transmission and exhaust, that is down to 20% for an for electric vehicle. So they're just much more wow. efficient. By and a lot. Yeah. And what that means is that the energy loss of the tire accounts for more. It's kind of the same story with noise. A vehicle, an electric vehicle is quieter. So the noise from the tire counts more. Electric vehicles are more efficient. So the energy loss or rolling resistance of the tire counts more. Right. And so in that case, the selection of tire you make can have a noticeable impact on the range of your electric vehicle. What does noticeable mean? Just out of curiosity. Ah. <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot here. No, that's fine. So here's here's a little known fact. If you have a about 30%, it's a rule of thumb, can be more or less, of a tire's rolling resistance comes from the tread. Right? That's the rubber that, that meets the road, literally, yeah. right? And figuratively. And so as you wear you have less tread. And because of that, slowly but surely, as you wear your tire, the rolling resistance of the tire improves. I say again, as a tire wears, the rolling resistance of a tire improves. You know, it's funny. I, I noticed that with my just idiot brain not understanding exactly what was going on. I, I had noticed that my because I, you know, I think a lot of Tesla owners at least are interested in the efficiency of the vehicle. If And some of them, some of us are, you know, kind of really, I wouldn't say obsessed with it, but like really keen on it. Yeah. And I noticed before I replaced my uh, Michelin Pilot Sport 4Ss with another set of the same tire, that my watt hours per mile was, was like lower than I'd ever seen it. It was for, yes. for my car, right? Because I have the 20 inch, you know, performance vehicles, 20 inch wheels. And then when I got my new ones, <laughs> the efficiency went. It got it got not- noticeably to your to use your word noticeably worse, and now now I know why. Yes. So we've done studies on several electric vehicles, and a rule of thumb is you're going to it's about a four percent difference. Okay. Which is noticeable. So that's yeah. just going from a worn tire to a new tire, even and it was the same tire. Then we've done other studies depending on the tire that you choose, and we. We've studied tires, um, a variety of our tires and other tire manufacturers. You can lose an additional 10%, 12%. And so whether that matters to you, that depends on, on your habits. If you charge every night and you don't have a long commute, it's probably not a big deal. Yeah. Right? Uh, but I, I've, t- I've spoken to consumers and they uh, – they had long, wrong, long drives to work, and that mattered, especially in the winter, because as we sure. probably all know, the overall efficiency of an electric vehicle's charge goes down. So if you get the combination of a, of a change in tires and winter, that might matter to you. Yeah. 
and, and so you, you talk about how tires have changed over the years. There's been a dramatic improvement in, in rolling resistance. Um, Michelin was very happy when the um, electric vehicle came along because about for, for over two decades, we have been working on, on efficient tires. And it's something that vehicle manufacturers have always appreciated, but consumers really haven't appreciated as much because if you're talking about you gain or lose one or two miles per gallon, you may or may not notice that, right? Yeah. But it's more noticeable on electric vehicles, and it's something that we actually pride ourselves in. Part of this starts back to when we originally put silicon tires um, that's one of the original technologies that helped break the compromise between rolling resistance and wear and wet. And there's several other technologies and, and other elements of tire construction that have helped improve rolling resistance. I want to ask you about a couple of upcoming Teslas. And I, and I suspect you might not really be able to say anything here, but I'm just, I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can phrase this in a way that that you can just, you, with your career expertise, speak to. So nobody knows which, which tires the, the $25,000 smaller Generation 3 car that Tesla's been talking up for a couple of years now. You know, we don't know. We don't even know what that car is going to look like, let alone what tires are going to be on it. But Tesla's talking about a volume of three to five million of those per year. Like that is going to be the one that they're hoping is going to, really kind of end any debate on whether or not you should buy a gasoline car or or an electric powered car. So like what does Michelin start like as I guess I'll ask it this way. Does your engineering brain start without even knowing what the car looks like? Do you kind of already start thinking about like, oh, if we got to make that tire, here's what I'd want to do or or is are there just so many cars out there already that you just can't even worry about something that far off or, or that sort of uh, not real yet? So, so here's what I would say in general. New vehicles and new types of vehicles, they're a thrill. Yeah. It, it's, it's the challenge that any engineer lives for, right? Um, and so certainly when you hear about um, new vehicles coming on the market and you, you have the opportunity to actually work on them and help bring them to the market. There's quite a bit of one fun thrill, but there's also a bit of research. We have hundred, we have a building full of PhDs in chemistry and engineers that all work on this and we will tune a tire for that specific vehicle. And that's that's our pleasure. In doing that, we become we help make that vehicle a reality, and we also become more intelligent and savvy about the direction the market's going. So that's great. Makes sense. So the Cybertruck, the the Cybertruck obviously is is taking the world by storm, and it's not even out yet. Yeah. That we have the the release candidate pre production trucks we've seen have a, we can already tell it's a custom design tire because the, the sidewall pattern is custom to the, to match sort of to complement the design of, of the, the arrow wheel uh, cap. Now that appears to be a Goodyear tire, 
but I'm curious, like, just as, as a, as an engineer, do you see something like the Cybertruck and go, Oh, I hope, I hope we get to, we get to make tires for that. Or I mean, even if they're not OEM tires, do you start going, Oh, okay. Does your brain just start going when you see the Cybertruck about what sort of, you know, how you could make some, some, uh, butt kicking tires for that thing? So I will say, yes, our brain starts going there. And what I can tell you is we're we're launching a tire line. It's called a Michelin Defender LTX Platinum. And there's six different dimensions. And we know that from what we see on the market, that tire line will have fitments for several electric vehicle trucks. Yeah. Okay. Um, and part of launching that tire line was we wanted a tire that had exceptional wear under torque um, and under a lot of weight. We actually partnered with some of the engineers who designed heavy truck tires like semi trucks and 18 wheelers. Some of that technology is in that particular tire line. Again, keeping in mind what an electric vehicle truck consumer would want. So, uh, I mean, the the, tr- the EV truck problem, if you will, from a tire perspective, that's that's got to be a whole different world than than car than the EV passenger cars, right? Because of, like the off road factor and the weight. Yeah, and, and again, because I am when I'm an engineer, it's not a problem; it's a challenge, right? <laughs> and in the you know, I'm in I'm in the office. There are a bunch of others that are just are the same way, and you can see it coming. Most of the U.S. market are SUVs, yeah, and pickup trucks, and so it's inevitable that the electric vehicle would evolve that way, and we're we've been prepared for that. And that's part of the fun. So when you see that, you see the the electric vehicle coming on the market and it's gaining popularity and you 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 hedging your bet that that's the future. You prepare for pickup trucks. Yeah, they're coming. You know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got a couple good ones already out there with Rivian and and the lightning. So it's uh, it's going to be a fun segment to to keep an eye on. Um, before I let you go, cause I've, I've held you for a while already. I have a kind of a few just sort of general questions again, in the, in the spirit of helping me learn something and, and maybe the folks listening to this learn a little bit, uh, so- something new about their tires. Sure. So for those of us, which is me with, with summer performance tires, my Michelin sport, uh, pilot sport four S's, mm-hmm. how serious is the whole don't drive these in sub 40 degree weather warning? Serious? That's what I thought. I've 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 definitely yeah. adhered to it, but I was just kind of curious to, to I, hear it from you. I, I will tell you why. I've actually in my career I've designed those tires. Yeah. Rubber compounds have what's called a glass transition temperature. Um, so rubber is viscoelastic. You pull it, and it it eventually comes back in shape. Okay, um, and the performance of that changes over temperatures. Maybe if I can put this a little bit more simply, when you take a a high performance summer tire and you put it in those lower temperatures, it doesn't have the performances that you want. And the, the biggest impact is going to be wet traction. 
Okay. Your wet traction is going to go diminish greatly. Mm-hmm. In that case, that's, that's why we have pilot sport all season four tire line. It is so that you can still enjoy a high performance vehicle and drive when it's cold. So please pay attention to that. I'd also say keep your tires properly ro- rotated and every six to 8,000 miles and keep them inflated. Well, that was, that was one of my next questions too, is just general tips, obvious though they may be for people to get more life out of their tires. And is that, are those yeah. kind of the two, the two at the top of the list? Yeah. And to be fair for electric vehicle consumers, the six to 8,000 miles is pretty easy when you have to do an oil change. So oil change and check my tires, that kind of thing. If, yeah. But when you don't even do an oil change, it's less of a reflex to do that type of maintenance. But it's important because tire vehicles do not wear tires evenly across all the positions. And so this allows the tires to experience all the different types of wear and just get the most out of it. So every six to 8,000 miles, rotate your tires, uh, check your air pressure, keep them inflated, inspect that at least once a month. And as it gets colder, for every 10 degrees of temperature drop, you lose about a a PSI. So it's getting Mm -hmm. colder. Please do check your tire pressure because it it will get uh, lower as it gets colder. And those will help your tires last longer and really have your vehicle operate at the level of performance that you bought it for and it was designed for. One of my favorite teeny tiny little things in a Tesla is it, on the trip meters, you know, it's got, it's got, I think, three of them, which is not unique uh, to, to Tesla these days, but it lets you rename them all. It's not just trip A, trip B, and yeah. lifetime. And so I, I keep one of mine is miles since last tire rotation. So I've got a quick, a quick thing I can just look at on the screen. And in fact, I was just checking it the other day because I was like, you know what? I feel like I've pro- I'm probably coming up on about 6,000 miles since I got my new, my new Michelins and I'm at like 5,000 something. So it, that's maybe a, I'm burying a little pro tip in the middle of the show here that, that can so hopefully be can a few to other people. That, can I borrow that as a future recommendation? Oh, people? please do. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> in fact, I, I mean, I would wager that there, there could be plenty of, especially newer Tesla owners out there that might not even know that you can rename those. So um, yeah. yeah, it's it's definitely a useful tip for Teslas and, and for any other car that might let you rename those trip meters on the screen. That's um, before I let you go, I'm curious, do you recommend buying road hazard warranty warranties for your tires? Well, road hazard warranties, is, I would say, is a, a personal choice. Yeah. Um, what I, I will tell you is that Michelin has what called a Michelin Promise Plan, and that is over 60 days. Uh, if you're not satisfied with your product, you can turn it in for, for a replacement. We'll give you full credit, and you will replace it. Uh, so that's part of that is, is covered in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it really depends on your, your situation as to whether or not that makes sense. If you're in an area where you get quite a bit of flats, maybe there's a lot of construction. It's not a bad thing to do. Yeah. There's a yeah. limit to how many times a tire can be repaired. And, and right. most manufacturers will tell you you can't repair a tire that's punctured on the shoulders. 
So. Right. Yeah, I've run into that. Um, yeah, San Francisco weirdly seems to be a there seem to be nails everywhere. So I've, I've been through it. Uh, but I, I, so I am a, I am a proponent of the, of the road hazard warranty myself, but, but yeah, I guess it definitely, some places you, it just might not even be, be worth your money to even bother with it. But, uh, all right, last thing, let's, let's look forward a little bit here without, without spilling any company secrets or violating any of your NDAs. More generally speaking, like, are there, are there some, EV-specific tire technologies on the horizon that that we should be looking forward to, like some maybe cool things coming up that that you could speak in sort of general terms about, maybe? If not, I understand. Hmm. So there's some um, I certainly would love to speak about. And when I can't speak about them, maybe I can come back to your show and talk to, yeah. them, talk to you about them. Um, what I will say is expect that rolling resistance will continue to will continue to decrease, which means that the uh, range will continue to improve for, for tires. That's been a focus for Michelin and I'm sure other tire manufacturers. Um, and that's really focusing on EV consumers, both as original equipment and on the replacement market. And then I would say that that and more and more working to make sure that whether you're an electric vehicle consumer or or an internal combustion engine consumer, you get an amount of wear life that's satisfactory. Those are two things that you can expect, particularly for Michelin, to improve on. We We have a thing, it's called EV Ready, and it's really focusing on improving rolling resistance with every tire we launch. Um, and improving the making sure that you get the most out of your wear life out of the vehicle. So improving the, the wear. Love it. All right. I lied. One last question. This is just a fun, fun fantasy one for you, Russell. All right. Somebody gives you a Tesla gift card with enough money on it to buy any Tesla you want. Any, any mm-hmm. of them that are out now, which one, what, what do you choose? <laughs> It's a model. It's a plaid. That's easy. It, in, all right, it, but it, all right. In what in what configuration? What what color? What color? What interior color? I want to so, know. I want to. I want to hear. So here's what, you would what do. I have learned at all those Tesla t- Tesla owner conventions. Yeah, there's some really cool wraps out there. There are. So the color. I actually think about this. My next vehicle. Is going to be an electric vehicle. Yeah. Quite possibly a Tesla. And I'm pretty sure the next question after that is what color and then a wrap. Yeah. And I was amazed with all of the different things that you can do to customize a Tesla that I saw at those Tesla Owners Associations. So, those those conventions. So if you if you're a Tesla owner and you have a chance to to go to one of those, do do so. Uh, there's some really cool things that I saw there. Excellent, love it. I, I too, by the way, would choose a Model S Plaid. So good choice, Russell Shepard, Michelin's technical communications director. I learned a lot about tires today. Hopefully, everybody else did. Uh, I certainly recommend Michelin's for your Tesla. I've I've loved them on, on the, the I'm on my new set now on my car. They've treated me well. So, uh, Russell, thank you so much. 
Thank you. Well, I really appreciate Russell and the folks at at uh, Michelin for taking the time to set that up with me and to make that interview happen. Again, I had a great time conversing with him. I hope you enjoyed listening to that. Well, as for what's going on with me and my car, well, as I said at the top, hopefully I will have the good fortune of going to Austin, Texas, to Giga Texas to attend the Cybertruck delivery event this week. But as I mentioned, as of this recording, which is obviously an advance of my trip, I'm not sure where that landed, but we shall see. And either way, I'll be I'll be covering it in full force for you either way, whether I have to watch online at home or whether I have the good fortune to attend. Uh, how about an entertainment recommendation for you? A nice family-friendly one this week. I just found this on Disney Plus, and I admit it's not new, so it's it's on me. If you're like, yeah, I've already watched that, then by all means, I, I totally understand. But I happen to just discover this on Disney Plus. And it's a, there's two seasons of it. It's called Behind the Attraction. And just as the name implies, it's a pretty neat little deep dive into the kind of the making of some of the more popular rides at the Disney theme parks. Like uh, Space Mountain is covered. uh, The trains are covered, like the monorail. There's some interesting ones in there. So again, I had it had eluded me, and I just happened to discover it. So, if like me, you and you're kind of you enjoy the Disney theme park rides, and you might want to know a little bit more about them from the people that created them. That's probably my favorite part of the of the show is that there there are interviews with lots and lots of the Disney Imagineers that that design and build all these things. So check that out if that is of interest. Next. A pro tip of the week. It comes your way from Xavier in Boston. Hi, Ryan. This is Xavier from Boston. Um, thanks for all the great work you do. Just wanted to share something that might be a, a tip or a pro tip. I was um, about two weeks ago, we had some really bad weather, and I had to uh, get on a, an important conference call by um, WebEx. Uh, my power went out. And um, then my phone had limited coverage, uh, so I couldn't get back on this important call. So it was something I had to do right away and uh, try to get on my WebEx on my phone. And again, the network was not at full capacity, so I couldn't do it. I could only do uh, phone calls. So I uh, basically got in my car, in my Tesla Model 3, in my garage, uh, got my WebEx working through the uh, the browser, and then just uh, did the audio on my phone. So I thought it was amazing that uh, I was able to get uh, all my WebEx, you know, some people use Zoom or something else, the same thing, and uh, able to get back on my conference call within, within minutes of uh, power going out and... Uh, you know, the network being impacted by that. But the Model 3 Tesla network was not, so it was great. So hopefully that helps somebody else. Uh, Again, thanks for all the great work you do. Uh, Thank you. Bye. Your Tesla saved the day. Glad to hear it, Xavier. And it's a good thing for the rest of us to file away in the back of our minds for that 
well, super crazy ultra rainy day, just in case. Thank you so much for calling in. And if anybody else has a, a Tesla pro tip of the week that you'd like to call in with and share with your fellow Tesla owners and enthusiasts, you can do that the same way that you call in with a regular Ride the Lightning hotline phone call, which since there was just an interview this week, I haven't told you the way to do that. So as a friendly reminder for that one, there are one of two easy ways that you can call into the podcast. And again, I welcome your calls, whether they're pro tips, whether they're regular calls. So you can either take your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question. All I ask is that you please keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many callers each week as possible. And then email that file to me at my Tesla podcast email address, which is teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can take that same 90 second or less question and call in and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline. The toll-free number for that, which you can dial anytime, 24-7, is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. All right, before I get out of here, let me mention some friends of the podcast. I'll start with abstractocean.com. They make so many excellent aftermarket Tesla accessories that they're sure to have something that you would find interesting and or useful for your car. So head on over to abstractocean.com. Maybe you'll check out one of their lighting kits, interior or exterior. Maybe you'll check out their screen protector, which is now up to the fourth generation version, which has an antimicrobial coating and it uses aluminosilicate glass, which is the same stuff that Corning glass uses for Gorilla Glass. And it's all custom fit for the Tesla screens. Definitely recommend it, it's good stuff. So they've got all that and much, much, much more. AbstractOcean.com. Use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout after you've taken everything you like and put it into your online shopping cart. RTLPODCAST, all one word, no spaces to get 15% off of your first order. Meanwhile, if you need a front license plate bracket to hold in a front license plate on your Tesla, either by choice or for a lot of us, in, especially in the US, by law, you can use the Snap Plate or the Snap Plate Plus. So both of these are just nice, low-profile, very minimalist, clean design that blends in really nicely with any of the Tesla front ends. And if you choose to remove it at any time for any reason, it leaves no unsightly hardware behind, unlike the ones that Tesla gives you with your car, which will leave unsightly automotive tape residue behind. I'm not into that. So that's why I recommend the Snap Plate or the Snap Plate Plus the latter being the newer choice for customers that want a strength-optimized front-end license plate bracket that features maximum strength that will uh, really not give way if you happen to bump something. So it's going to hold up. It's made from recycled, made-in-the-USA plastics along with stainless steel reinforcements. So get yours at everyamp.com RTL and... There's a coupon code, which is also RTL. So a nice little, nice little uh, bonus offering there from our friends at SnapPlate. Meanwhile, BudgetSafeSolar.com. Add them to your list if you're considering solar, because 
you're no doubt going to check out Tesla Solar. You might check out one or two or three or four other solar providers as well, as, as well you should, quite frankly. It's a big decision you're making. It's a lot of money to spend on your home or business, or if you choose to do both, maybe. But I do kindly encourage you to keep budget-safe solar on that list as well. They did my home, and my wife and I are very happy with it. We've got a, uh, a system that's been... We've had minuscule utility bills all summer long. Now, of course, we're, we're, heading, we're into fall, and so I'm kind of curious, especially as we head into winter, where the, where the sun is, you know, it's not a temperature thing, it's a how much sun thing. So as we have the, the least amount of sun throughout, the, uh, you know, during the, the shortest days of the year here, we'll see how it goes. But theoretically, we should have enough credits built up from our overproduction during the summer to uh, cover us for the winter. But so far, so good with our budget safe solar setup. So again, check out budgetsafesolar.com. And if you do choose to proceed with an installation, please use the referral code RTL. Immaculate Reflections, wonderfully talented detailer here in the greater San Francisco Bay Area. They have a nice little discount for Ride the Lightning listeners. All you have to do is just mention that you listen to Ride the Lightning when you reach out to Immaculate Reflections, which you can do through their website, irdetailing.com. The, you know, the most common detailing services are either paint protection film on some or all of the car, ceramic coating, which was definitely the whole car, because that's a, that's the 21st century version of a wax. That's going to last you three to five years. Or maybe you want to do paint correction as well. Take all the flaws out of that paint finish and get it looking as perfect and beautiful as possible. I guarantee you will leave happy if you bring your car to Immaculate Reflections. So again, check them out irdetailing.com puretesla.com slash rtl is where you want to go if you'd like to get a little bit heavier duty dash cam and sentry mode setup I say heavier duty because even though it plugs in to your car's built in USB port it uses a micro SD storage format which is proven to hold up much better for the constant reading and writing that the dash cam and sentry mode do versus a traditional USB flash memory. So I definitely recommend it. It's really, I think, not that expensive, particularly when you take into account that they offer free shipping anywhere in the US. That's very nice. So $49 will get you the 128 gigabyte kit. $69 will get you the 256 gigabyte kit. You can get either of those at puretesla.com slash RTL. Finally, I will mention my Patreon. It is Thanksgiving. I give thanks to all of you for sure. And I'm being completely sincere and genuine in that. I mean, I'm how many years into this thing now again? What is it? Oh, yeah, eight, eight years. I, gosh, I've actually I was like, was it seven or eight? No, it's eight. I'm a, a good bit into this thing now, and I wouldn't, I literally would not still be doing this without all of you. Without you listening and without uh, those of you kind enough to support me on Patreon doing that. So if you enjoy the podcast, if you've been listening to it for a while, you get a lot out of it. My hope, my, my humble request is that you at least take a look at my Patreon page where you can find all the information about how to support me, 
So that's patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And the different support tiers have different perks associated with them. So as you go up higher, you get all the perks at the below levels. So if you want to say join that maximum plaid tier, you will not only get the early access each week, you will also get the weekly lightning round bonus mini episode that goes exclusively on Patreon. And then you'll also get the monthly invite to the Patreon Zoom hangout that we usually do typically the first Saturday of every month. Uh, I'm not sure yet if the next one's going to be on December 2nd or if we're going to kick it to the 9th because I'm going to be, again, hopefully, I don't know as of this recording, I'm going to be hopefully coming back from Austin and having scrambled to put together the podcast. But then again, the podcast will be put to bed and the folks that are on that call that, that join that call are going to want to talk about the Cybertruck. So, all right, I think I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to schedule that for December 2nd, that first Saturday of the month. Anyway, the point is Patreon. That is the way you can voluntarily choose to support the podcast. I am so grateful for those of you who do choose to, to, to back me there. You can either pledge monthly, you know, again, which the, ple- the tiers start at just five bucks a month for that, uh, the, the base tier there that gets you the early access each week. 10 bucks a month gets you that early access and that weekly lightning round bonus mini episode on Patreon. And then it goes on up from there. Uh, so check it out, patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. I'd be humbled and grateful if you do decide to take a look at that page at some point soon. Most of you already get this podcast through your favorite podcast service, but if, you, if you're not doing that and you're just searching for it every week, just go on whatever your preferred podcast service is, whether it's an RSS feed, I've got that, but if you want to do Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or TuneIn or Spotify or YouTube Podcasts, you can just subscribe for totally for free, of course, And then each new episode will be pushed out to you automatically when it drops every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. If you need a referral link, a referral code to get that $250 off your new Tesla purchase, as well as three free months of free FSD, I urge you to find somebody that's not me in your life that you can you can each benefit from. They can get the loot box points and you can get the things I just said. But if you just need, you need a code, you are welcome to use mine. And the way to do that is when you're ready to order your car, go to your web browser and type in ts.la slash Ryan73014. And when you hit enter, you will be taken to the Tesla Design Studio where you choose which car you'd like to order, configure it how you want, submit your order, and then it will be you will have those referral uh, credits as that will you know the the two hundred fifty dollar discount and the three free months of FSD will be baked into your order that way. Follow me on Twitter slash X and or Instagram if you're interested in following me on either of those social media platforms. I have the same handle on both, and that handle is DMC underscore Ryan. 
You can email me anytime at my podcast email address, which is simply teslapodcast at gmail.com. And before I go, I want to say hello and thank you to the top-tier Patreon backers who do get their names shouted out at the end of each week's show as as the what I hope is like a little cherry on top of all the other benefits that they get. So I will start with the grandfathered-in plaid-level supporters. This tier is not technically available anymore, but these kind folks continue to very generously support me at that tier so they will continue to get grandfathered-in with all the cool perks that they deserve. So thank you to George Cassioppo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peak, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia family, Aaron Altshul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, the Tesla owners East Bay Club, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Ish, not Elon Musk, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. By the way, I should add, as I now read the Maximum Plaid and then Roadster in Space to your backers, I am recording this, as I said, early, before my trip, so if you've joined very recently at one of these top levels and I don't read your name, that's why. It's because I'm recording it before you joined and I will make sure to do that starting next week. All right, the Maximum Plaid backers. Big thanks goes out to Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, the Galpin family, Ryan from New York City, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Watley, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Corey O'Donnell, Aaron, John Cody, Joel Sapp, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, ContactOneCallCenter.com, Jason Chalukas, Travis Krenzel, Bruce Otterstein, Tom Behan, Josh Pennington, Matt Kalen, John from Cream Ridge, New Jersey, Sean Tisdale, Dustin Hart, and Michael Gallo. Finally, the Roadster in Space tier backers. Big, big thanks goes out to Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Iacoveto, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, Carol Weston, Robert from Near Philly, and Kristen Rumble. All right, that is the end of a very special episode of Ride the Lightning. I do like bringing in interview guests from time to time. Uh, I don't know if some of you that f- may follow me in my day job at IGN on the video game side of things might know that I really like interviewing people. It's a skill that I've I've actually totally 180'd on over the years. In the beginning of my career, 20 years ago, I was terrified to interview people. But I just, I think my curiosity for, for video games and now is, you know, into Tesla stuff as well, has helped me really kind of, kind of flip the script on that. And now I love doing interviews. I love talking to people and just getting to know, 
just picking their brains and getting to know their different perspectives on things. And I hope you enjoyed that interview uh, with Russell talking about EV tires, because seriously, like I learned stuff in that, you know, tires, I think we don't necessarily think about a lot, although maybe in the EV world, we think about it a little more than in the ICE world. But in any case, I do genuinely hope that you enjoyed that interview. It'll be, well, it won't be business as usual next week because it's going to be the Cybertruck delivery event. So it'll be a another, if this was a special episode, next week will be another very special episode. And I'm really looking forward to it. Again, however the, the, the chips may fall on this, whether I'm on site in Texas or not, either way, it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. Who knows how long next week's show is going to be. I, I will, as always, try to be respectful of your time, but I'm pumped, man. I, I, I can't wait for this delivery event. Super excited. Until then, happy electric motoring, my friends, and I will see you back here in one week's time. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.